0: You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. If you grab your Bibles, look with me to the book of Galatians. So, if you're looking into the New Testament, through the Gospels, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, and then you come to this little book of Galatians. As you're turning there, you can grab your sermon notes if you'd like to follow along. We're in this series in the book of Galatians that we have titled, Be Free, because the book is all about freedom. Uh, Greg Johnson, my good friend, was here last week to kick off uh, this series for us. But Today we want to talk about freedom in, in relation to who God's created you to be. So I'm, I'm going to make this statement and then I want you to say it with me this morning. By the grace of God, I am free to be all that God's created me to be. Okay, can we say that together? By the grace of God, I am free to be all that God's created me to be. Now turn to your neighbor and tell him, make it personal. Go ahead. By the grace of God, I am free to be all that God's created me to be. But today we're going to, as we're studying on in the book of Galatians, we're in chapter 1 and we're going to look at the life of Paul. And really what we're going to focus in on this morning is is What happened in Paul's life? Because before Paul was Paul, a little Bible knowledge for you here, a little Bible trivia. Before Paul was Paul, what was his name? Saul. Thank you. Hey, y'all are up to speed. Saul. And there was this encounter that happened in his life that changed his life. So that's what we want to talk about today. Paul coming to freedom to be... Who God had created him to be and the good news for us today is this is that our past does not have to define our present, nor does our past have to shape our future. Can you say amen to that isn 't that great news? Well again, I am free to be all that god 's created me to be i don 't have to be limited by restricted by my past. no matter what no matter who you are, what you 've done, God never gives up on you. others may Call you a failure, others may look at what you've done and say there's no hope. But God never does. Not only does He love you outrageously, but this is what I'm convinced of today. He has greater plans for your life. He has a greater future for your life. It's this truth of His Word, revealed in His Word. Some of you need to hear this truth today because you've come to believe a lie. And here's the lie that you've come to believe. The enemy has sold you a bill of goods that, and you have bought this. And, it's, and it has you limited in your life. Here's the lie. Because of what you've done, God could never use you. Because of what you've done, past tense, God could never use you. In other words, your damaged goods, there's a lid, there's a limit on your life. Certainly God could use others, but He wouldn't use you because of this, whatever whatever this might might be. And I want you to know this morning is that that's a lie from the pit of hell. It's the opposite of what God's words is. It's the opposite of the wonder of God's grace because by the grace of God you are free to be all that God's created you created you to be. Let me tell you a few true life real life stories. I've I've changed the names of these individuals for sake of identity. But these are real stories, not stories made up. The the, the first is About John. John, I'll call him John. John grew up in a home that was quite dysfunctional without the presence of a father. Because of his, like his giftings, his DNA wiring, he never really fit in. Always wanted acceptance, but never, never fit in. His desire for acceptance took him down a wrong path. As a teenager, he began to struggle with his masculinity. In the midst of this struggle. Through the deception of the enemy, he fell prey to same-sex relationships. and Then he found himself trapped in a homosexual lifestyle. He hated the life he was living, but he didn't know how to break free. And he still longed for, he longed for acceptance, for people to accept him for who he was. In the midst of his struggle, he was introduced to Jesus Christ, He surrendered his life to Christ, and that through the process of healing, discipleship over a period of time today. not only is John happily married, but he's being dynamically used of God to bring help, hope, and freedom for others amazing It's an amazing story of what god's grace to redeem and and restore another story of a of a young lady by the name of i'll call her Shannon. Shannon grew up in what she would say was a perfect home. It was perfect from her perspective. It was no mention of God, no knowledge of God, no talk of God, no Bibles present in the home. But as best she would understand, it was the perfect home. But interesting, the interesting thing about Shannon is from a young age, she had this interest in the dark side. She liked talking about death and things of death. And, and she began to kind of pursue that, to dabble in that and... It kind of led her down the wrong path, and as a result of her pursuit into the dark side, into evil things that opened her life to drugs, to sexuality, to depression, Shannon would actually say, she would say this of her own life, she would identify herself, at one point in her life she would call herself, or she would have called herself a witch, who consistently, continually uh, engaged in satanic rituals. The more she sought the dark side, the more depressed she became. Interesting. She thought if she got married, that would deal with depression. Got married and didn't change. Had kids, I don't deal with it, you know. I won't be depressed anymore if I have a kid. have a child. and had a child and still depressed. And one day, a co-worker who worked with her husband gave her husband a Bible. He brought the Bible home. He didn't read it, but she did picked up the Bible and began to read, and she was captivated by what she read, captivated by the truth, and it was the truth that began to transform her life. She came to know Christ as her Savior. I, I want you to listen as I read this. This is her own statement. She said, after I received Christ, there was no more blackness inside. There was no more having to run out and try to do something else to fill up that blackness, that darkness, that oppression that was inside of me. It was just gone, and I never think about death anymore. Shortly after Shannon accepted Christ as savior, her Savior, her husband gave his life to Jesus Christ as well. Today they're rearing their three children in a home where, where love, not fear, reigns. See, Shannon's story is another story of a life transformed, a life changed. How? By the grace of God. Here's the good news today. Let me say it again. Your past does not have to define your present. Your past doesn't have to limit what God can do in and through your life. Last week, Greg Johnson, my friend, kicked off this series talking about the gospel message. Here's the good news of the gospel. Jesus Christ came and gave His life that we might have life. The good news of the gospel is Jesus Christ came into our world and He took on our sin and He died that we might have this, that we might have A new beginning. See, the good news of the gospel is this that our God redeems and restores. He can take the messes of our lives and turn them into miracles. Isn't that good news? He can take the things that we would never glory in and use them for our good and the good of others. That's the amazing work of God's grace. He takes our trash and He turns it into treasures. Think about that. That's the wonder of what God does. And that's exactly what he did for Paul. Like Paul was the most unlikely of individuals for God to use. I mean, like if you were going to pick, like here's all of these people. If we're going back to, let's say, 33, 34, 35 A.D., the beginning of the church. Jesus has been crucified, resurrected. The church is starting. If you were going to handpick someone to be like the key leader in the early church, I guarantee you, you wouldn't have have chosen Saul. He wouldn't have been at the top of your list. Talking about an individual with issues, talking about an individual with a past, that was Saul. Yet interesting, he's the very one that God chose. Why? Because of the grace of God, we can be free to be all that God created us to be. So let's read his story. You know, Paul here in this first chapter kind of zeroes in on his own life. And it's his own statement. It's his own testimony of his life and how God's grace transformed his life. So beginning with verse 11. Paul says, I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preach is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my father's. But when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles, I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Now, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing to you is no lie. Later I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. Notice verse 23. They only heard this report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me so what we discover in this passage of scripture paul speaking of his own life is that he had like a pretty evil twisted past past before he became the great leader and apostle of the church he was known as saul the arch enemy of the early church his passion was to eliminate christianity his passion was to kill christians but what we discover in this in this passage of scripture basically three statements about Paul. The first is this he was a promoter of the law. If you look back to galatians one fourteen the scripture says that Paul was basically or excuse me Saul was actually elevating himself in the early church. I mean if you were looking in this time in this day, if you were looking for the up and coming young leaders of Judaism. Like those who knew their stuff, those who were bold, those who were cantankerous, those who were difficult, those who were hard-line. Saul was at the top of the list. He was a promoter of the law. He believed that, that God had spoken to Moses. He didn't know about this Jesus thing. He was committed to the law of Moses. And he was also committed to eradicate this thing called Christianity. Not only was he a promoter of the law, and because he was a promoter of the law, he became a persecutor of the church. He made it his mission to find those who would profess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and have them in prison or to have them murdered. Think about that. That's the story of his life. Persecutor of the early church. He would go from town to town, synagogue to synagogue. If individuals mentioned his name, Christians in the day, like, trembled in fear. I mean, he was, he was that intense and he was that committed to annihilating Christians and to eradicating this thing called Christianity, a persecutor of the church. But one day, he was on his way to Damascus to arrest some Christians. I mean, he went to the high priest to get a letter from the high priest so that if he found any Christians in the synagogues in Damascus, he might arrest them, and if necessary, he would just murder them. He was on his way to Damascus, and something dynamic happened. As he was on his way to kill Christians, he was encountered by Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles out, look with me to, to Acts chapter 9. So Acts is kind of like the history of the early church. In Acts chapter 9, we have this story of this transformation That happened to Saul who became Paul. Acts 9 verse 1 says, Meanwhile, notice Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I'm Jesus who you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. So here is Saul who's encountered by Christ and there's this transformation that happens in his life. Not only does he change his name from Saul to Paul, but it's like there's a transformation of the mission of his life. He went from persecuting the church to promoting the church. He went to attacking those who were following Jesus to discipling those who were following Jesus. Dramatic transformation. Only because of the grace of God. So Paul goes from being a promoter of the law and a persecutor of the church to a preacher of God's grace. I mean, he he had experienced the grace of God. He couldn't deny the reality of what he had experienced. I mean, he knew who he was. He was a hater of Christians. He was a racist. He was a murderer. He knew who he was. He had this encounter, and now he's a changed man. He could not deny the grace of God. So he became a preacher, an individual who proclaimed... The very grace of God. There was this radical transformation. So think about this. The past of who he was. Murderer. Racist. Full of hatred. Now he's an apostle of the early church. Planning churches. Preaching the gospel. Talking about an amazing Transformation. I said, what I'm convinced of today is that what God did for Saul who became Paul, He can do for each of us. Again, here's the good news. Whatever's happened in your past, whatever choices you've made, whatever are mishaps, mistakes, listen, your past does not have to define your present, nor does it have to shape your future. Just as God transforms Saul to a Paul so he can do the same for your life, and it's by the grace of God. And by the grace of God, you're free to be who God created you to be. You don't have to be limited. You don't have to be... So so what what can we learn? What can we learn from this example? Because for me, the text this morning in this story is about a life of transformation. This is who Saul was, and this is who Paul became. It's an amazing story. So what can we learn from that? Four things. I think first is this. Because of God's grace, power, and provision... You can have your past forgiven and you can have a brand new start on life. That's what Paul had. Past forgiven, new start on life. Listen, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, you can have slate white clean, completely, totally forgiven. And Some of you this morning possibly are sitting there and saying, but, but Pharaoh, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know how bad it is. And you're right, I have no idea. No idea. But this is what I do know. I do know who Paul was. I do know what he did. He murdered Christians. He had blood on his hands. Yet God took him and transformed his life. Wiped the, wiped the slate clean. Gave him a new beginning. Listen, he can do the same for you. Second Corinthians 5.20 says this. That we are new creations in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. The old has gone. The new has come. Can we say that together? The old has gone, the new has come. But the grace of God, what slate wipe clean, new beginning. Not only that, but because of the because of God's grace, power and provision, your life can be transformed as you embrace the refining of the Holy Spirit. Life transformed through the refining of the Holy Spirit. You know, I think it's interesting, if if you look back to the text, when Saul had this encounter, his name changed to Paul, he didn't go down to Jerusalem. Now you would think that Jerusalem was like the hub of the day. It was the place of Christianity. I mean, that's where it all started. That's where Peter was at. That's where James was at. You would think, what, that Saul would go down to Jerusalem and get discipled. Makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, like, if you wanted to learn, if you wanted to be discipled, you would go to where the leaders are, right? Are you following me? But he didn't do that. The Scripture very clearly says that he went down into the desert of Arabia. Now, we don't know exactly where he went, but he went into the desert and basically was isolated in the desert for three years. As the Holy Spirit healed his past. As the Holy Spirit transformed his life. As the Holy Spirit downloaded truth into his life. But the Holy Spirit refined his life. He comes out of Arabia back to Damascus and he begins to proclaim the truth of the gospel. But he was refined by the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit will do the same in our lives. Will take the wounds and the hurts and the issues and the stuff connected to our past Refines, transforms, heals so that we can live out the future that God has for us. The Holy Spirit doesn't just empower us to live out the faith. The Holy Spirit refines and coaches. That's, matter of fact, that's one of my favorite new terms for the Holy Spirit. Who's the Holy Spirit? He's my coach. He's my coach. What's a coach? Any of you play ball in school? High school, college, ball, have a coach. What was the role of the coach? To affirm, to motivate, to correct, to teach, to direct? Man, coach does all of those. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. Refining in our lives. Changing us. You know, Romans 8.1 says this, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we've been freed from the past. We have the Holy Spirit who's refining us, equipping us. And Paul goes down to Arabia. Boy, the Holy Spirit refines in his life and gets him ready as to the future that God has for him. Not only that, because of God's grace, power, and provision, God can work through our past to bring hope and help for others. In other words, God can use your mess to be the message. Pretty amazing, isn't it? God can use your mistakes to be that that brings help. He can leverage your past for the good of others. I mean, that's what he did for Paul. I mean, again, Paul goes from being a promoter of the law to the preaching of the gospel. And the scripture says in Acts chapter 9 that those of the Jewish faith, those of, the, uh, those of Judaism, couldn't even stand against him. Why? Because he had such knowledge of the law. So, so God uses Paul, who had been trained in the law, to use the law to present the gospel message. Isn't that interesting? I mean, God leverages his past to equip him to be effective in the present to bring the gospel message to Jews and Gentiles. God will use the stuff of our past that we could take no glory in for His glory and the help of others. Let me tell you a couple couple more stories, true stories. I've changed the names. But let me tell you about Bill. Again, not his real name. Bill spent 20 years of his life addicted to pornography. It ruled his life. When he was a teenager, when he was a teenager, someone handed him a Playboy magazine, and it was that that took him down the wrong road. As the internet evolved, um, access to all kinds of pornography via the internet, he became more enslaved. Like not a day. That passed. That he was not engaging, feeding this addiction. He was in, he was a slave to the pornography. Hated it. Couldn't figure out how to get out. Couldn't figure, couldn't figure out how to stop that which he wanted to stop. Someone, someone shared with Bill the hope of the gospel. I shared with him about the wonder and the grace and the forgiveness. That was available. He received Christ as his Savior. And it didn't change in a minute, didn't change in a day, but over a process of time through discipleship and accountability, today Bill is not only a free man, but Bill's helping other men find freedom. Amazing. God's leveraging his past, which he would take no glory in, for the good of others. Bill's story is somewhat like Lydia's. Lydia, when she was a teenager, had a sexual encounter with a young man, just kind of like a one-night deal, and she was pregnant. So here she is, teenager, can't tell my parents, they won't understand. young man wasn't interested in any way being a part of being responsible in this situation, so she, she found herself alone, with like no support, at least that's the way it felt. Didn't know what to do, so she took what seemed to be the only option, which was the option of abortion. She chose to end the life that was in the womb, not really understanding the challenge and the pain and the guilt that was going to come with that decision. And for years, she lived with that. But again, her story, like Bill's, there came a day when someone told her about the forgiveness that's available through the cross and she came to find freedom she came to find healing from these issues of her past and here's the great news today Lydia is now a champion for life Lydia is taking that of the pain of her own past and it's amazing how God's leveraging her story to bring help and a hope and life for others hear me what God did for Bill, and, for what God, and what God did for Lydia, and what God did for Paul, He'll do for you. He can take those issues of your past, redeem them, and restore them, and leverage them for the good of others. What I'm convinced of today is this, that there's no limit, absolutely no limit to what God can do through one person who's fully committed to Him. No limit. That's what this story tells us. That's what Paul's life tells us. I mean, just think about it. Think about the contrast here. Paul is a murderer. He's a racist, full of hatred against the Christians. He has this encounter. And he goes from being a murderer to like, the greatest leader in the early church. He's a missionary who's planning churches. Not only that, like half the New Testament we have was written by a man who was a murderer. I mean, think about that. that not amazing? You know what that tells me? It tells me this. There's no limit to what God can do through you, through one person. It's fully committed, fully surrendered to Him. See, Paul's life is a testimony to the power of God to transform a person's heart and redirect a life to be used in amazing ways. You know, I, don't, I don't believe that Paul's life is like the exception. Yeah, but that's, that's the Apostle Paul. You know This is what the Scripture says. It says that God's no respecter of individuals. What does that mean? Let me tell you what it means. It means this. What God did for Paul, He'll do for you. What He did through Paul, He can do through you. Well, he's no respecter of individuals. I mean, by the grace of God, we're free to be all that he's created us to be. And to live that. Out. So here's my question for you today. It's really simple. What is there in your life, possibly, that's been a lid? What is there in your past that's kept you Tethered, if you will, that's kept you anchored, that's kept you limited in your life. By the grace of God, you're free to be all that God created you to be. Don't buy into the lie of the enemy that says, yeah, but there's this. So you can live free of the this. Amen? Isn't that good news today? Your past does not have to define you're present. Well, Lord, we thank you for that today. I thank you for this living illustration, because really Saul to Paul is really that. Well, what you did in the life of one man, taking this, this murderer and turning him into an apostle, taking this, this, this man who was full of hatred, a racist, and turning him into a man that you used in mighty ways. What a statement. What a story. What I believe is the very thing that you want to do in our lives. Or may we not believe the lie of the enemy that says, well, because of that, you're damaged goods. Or because of that, because of that choice, because of that action. Or that's from the pit of hell. There's no truth to it. Your grace is greater. That's what I know today. And so that, but for that, for that, we're grateful. With, with every head bowed and eye closed, possibly, possibly you're here today and you've believed a lie. You've been living under a lie that says because of this issue, God could never use you. Because of this issue, you're, you're damaged. Because of this issue, you're, you're limited in your life. Again, today I tell you it's not true. It's the opposite of grace. It's the opposite of God's Word. It's the opposite of what we see in Paul's life. I don't need to know what the issue is. It's between you and God. But this is what you need to know today. Is you're free to be all that God created you to be by His grace. So if you're here today, no one looking around. Again, not going to have you stand and say this is what it was between you and God. But I would want to pray with you before we leave. If you're here today, you would just say, that's me. Today, I, I need to receive God's grace in this area of my life. Because I want to be free to be all God created me to be. that's you, would you just raise your hand really quick. I just want to pray for you. I see that hand. Anyone else? Yeah, I see that hand. Anyone else? Well, God, I thank you that your very, your very nature is to redeem and restore. So, Lord, I, I pray for these who raise their hand. God, I just pray today that they would be able to receive your freedom. Lord, that they would be able to, to cut the tie between... Lord, that, that, that lie that's held them captive, Lord, to step into the freedom and the future that you have for them. Because, Lord, this is what I'm confident of. Lord, our past does not have to define our present or shape our future because of your grace. So, Lord, I pray today that they would be able to embrace that truth and live out your grace in their lives. Lord, again, that they might be free to be all that you've created them to be. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.